With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast includes frank discussions of mature themes that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is intended to provide encouragement and support through personal storytelling. The views expressed are the opinions of the participants and not intended to be medical, legal, clinical, or professional information or advice of any kind. Welcome to the Bubble Hour. 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 Welcome, 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 welcome to the Bubble Hour. I own it. I did that. Not proud, but that was me. And when I face it, I take back a little dignity. Not looking for excuses. I just want to be free from the power. Weakness head on me. McCarthy, and you're listening to The Bubble Hour. Hello, and welcome to The Bubble Hour Archives, a treasure trove of episodes ranging from 2012 to 2022. I'm recovery advocate and author Jean McCarthy. I joined The Bubble Hour as a host in season two. Together with other hosts over the years, Ellie, Lisa, Amanda, and Catherine, we all extend to you our gratitude for listening and a heartfelt wish that this podcast will find a welcome home in your recovery toolkit. The resources mentioned on the show are available at thebubblehour.com, including information on the online support group called the BFB, or Booze Free Brigade, often mentioned on the show. Now, if you're hearing this message, you're listening to one of our free archived episodes, and we'll make sure that there are loads of these available for you to enjoy. These are partial versions of the original recordings, and if you want to hear more, you can listen to full versions and the entire back catalog ad-free by joining us on Patreon. So just head to patreon.com slash thebubblehour to learn more. I'll also put a link in the show notes to make it even easier for you to find that. So, all right then, enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bubble Hour. This is uh, a show where real people share stories of addiction and recovery. And this is Lisa. And tonight I'm here with my co-host, Ellie, and our special... Hello, Ellie. And our special guests, uh, Spell, Misty, Catherine, and Amy. And tonight we're talking about uh, the gifts that we've all received during and through sobriety. We thought this would be perfect timing right before the holiday break. We know that right now might be a really difficult time for a lot of people, and some people with very little sober time under their belt, some people with maybe a lot of time under their belt. But we just want to remind everyone that there are so many gifts that we have all received through sobriety, and it is possible. I know that right now many people may be feeling like, There's no way that life can be better or will get better or how can I live life without alcohol? But that's why we're here to 
let people know that it is possible. And not only can it get better, it can, it will get better and it can also be fun. But we all remember how that, that feel, that feeling of that hopelessness. And we're all here to tell a little bit about how it is possible to move on with life and find so many gifts through our journey. I wanted to share a little bit about the gifts I've received personally. The first one, there's so many that I can't possibly list them all, but the first one is probably knowing that now I'm no longer part of the problem. Instead, I'm part of the solution. I really love knowing that no one is worried that I'm going to be a problem, and I'm not worried myself personally that I'll be a problem. Instead, I know that I can that I can handle problems that come my way. Um, I'm healthy. Uh, I wake up without a hangover, which is a wonderful feeling um, and one that I probably am taking for granted now, but for so long I woke up sick, and that's not a part of my life anymore. I, I no longer look, um, this is sort of vain, but I no longer look bloated and my face is cleared up, which, hey, you know, I mean, yeah. it's true, it works. I'm present for my children. If they wake up in the middle of the night, I'm there for them. I no longer have to wake up and feel like what happened last night was I there for them if they needed me. It's just it's such a relief to know that I'm the mother that I know that I should be and that I can be. Um, a big part of my personal gift would be humor. I found humor. Uh, my smile came back, and it's a real smile, and that's huge for me because humor is a huge part of my recovery. I feel like just laughing, and and it's real laughter. I think it's a huge gift to be able to laugh and mean it, and for a good reason, or even for a silly reason. It's just a wonderful feeling to feel joy, and this. All, you know, everything is a work in progress, and I have to make myself aware of joyful moments. And I laugh with my children and my family, and it's, it's legitimate. It makes me feel just, I'm so grateful. And I think one, one of my other big gifts is learning, is learning how to do what I can do. I do the next thing in front of me to the best of my ability. And that's the best I can do. It's not so overwhelming when I'm able to look at it like that. I just do what is next, and and I try to do my best. I could go on forever, but I just can't say enough about how many wonderful things have happened to me since I've gotten sober. And I just hope that everyone listening can believe me and trust that it can happen for you too. And I'm living proof because I am you. So, um, Ellie, I was hoping that you would share something about the gift you Sure. Yeah, yeah, I just I wanted to say, Lisa, I can relate to everything that you say. I, I particularly like the first thing that you said about not being part of the problem. I mean, not having people that are constantly worrying about me. That was something that, as I thought through the things that the gifts of sobriety, that had not occurred to me. And it's just one more thing that I could put on my list. I just wanted to qualify quickly to say that it's when I got sober... In 2007, I was forced to get sober. I came to recovery kicking and screaming and um, not necessarily in denial that I had a problem, but that I just really, you know, my alcohol was what I thought the glue was that held me together. My kids at the time were five and three, 
and being a mom with two young children was definitely a big part of my drinking. I had had left a big job and I was home with taking care of children and I just didn't know who I was. So as I talk about these gifts, I, I, I certainly was one of those people who, when they forced me to get sober, I thought my life is over. I am never going to have fun again. I am never going to laugh again. I am never going to go to another party or out to dinner again. I was not somebody who woke up one day and thought, there's got to be a better way. I'm going to go find help. I, I was dragged to recovery, and uh, thank God I was. One of the things that I was thinking about is that, you know, because my kids were five and three, I, I look back and I realized that I couldn't do the most basic things with them, especially in the, you know, afternoon and early evening without having to get up and say, Mommy, will be right back and go get a little drink, sneak a drink. I couldn't play board games. I couldn't do, I couldn't have, read a book or have conversations. Bedtimes, bath times, all the things that happened in the evening were always accompanied with wine or drink. I was terrified when I got sober that those things would just, that I would just never be able to do those things. And it was one of the first things that came back for me was that feeling of being present for my children and being able to do these things and not be distracted with the, how can I end this quickly so I can go drink feeling, which was then followed by the guilty feeling that I was doing that. The other sort of comparative point is that Every morning I would wake up and I would think, okay, I'm not going to do this again tonight. Say, I'm not going to the liquor store today. And then around quarter of five every day, I would throw my kids in the car and run to the liquor store and get more wine. It got to the point where they would just sort of start to put their coat and shoes on at quarter of five because they knew we were heading out to mommy's store. And because I would panic, I think, you know what, tomorrow, I, I just, I'll just drink a little and I, I won't do this again tomorrow. And of course, every day I did the same thing. And I was laughing to myself because one of my gifts is that I was able to start a, a small business of my own. I make jewelry now and it's become this growing, it's a growing business. And every day I throw my kids in the back of the car at quarter of five and I run to the post office. <laughs> mail orders instead, you know, that's, I never thought that I could run a small business and the, the vast difference between who I was then and who I am now is, is just staggering to me. But the main overall point that I wanted to make is that I am the same person to everyone in every situation and everywhere I go. One of the primary symptoms of my drinking was people pleasing. I call it shape shifting. I wanted you to like me so badly that I would just be whoever it is that you wanted me to be. And it was a full-time job trying to keep all of my characters in order. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to do that anymore. I don't. I am who I am. Love me or leave me. And I am free of the need. I'm finding my peace of mind and my self-worth and my identity from the inside out, not from the outside. I saw this wonderful expression the other day, and I really identified it with it because it's absolutely true that sobriety has actually given to me what I was looking for in alcohol when I was drinking. Mm -hmm. It's given me peace. It's given me a sense of belonging. It's given me me, and it's given me real friends that I can rely on in any circumstance. Um, And it's, you know, it's brought me back into my life. So just something I I will always, always be grateful for. Um, and again, I could go on and on also, but I won't. Mm-hmm. So I think what we'll do is we will move on to our um, next caller. Let's just make sure she's there. Sabelle, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, Sabelle. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being Hi, here. Lisa. Hi, Ellie. Hi. Thanks for having me. 
So we were just talking about the gifts of sobriety and the things that we um, are most grateful for, the things that we thought were maybe unimaginable during our drinking days. If you wanted to share some of those that you have, that would yes, be great. Yes, absolutely. First of all, I can relate to so much that both of you said about your drinking and the gifts that you have now that you're sober. I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. My name is Sabelle, and I live in Florida. I have three three children, and I've been married for 20 years. And I got sober almost a year and a half ago. And I consider myself, for many years, I was just a party girl, uh, kind of a heavy drinker party girl. And I would say that I began to really drink alcoholically in the last five years of my drinking. And thank goodness today I am sober. I'm very grateful to be sober. And there are so many gifts that I have received by uh, living a clean and sober life. One thing I wanted to share is the day that I actually decided to stop drinking. So my very first day of sobriety, another person came up to me and he was sober and he said, uh, there's only really two things that you have to remember. And that is number one, love yourself. And number two, no matter what, don't pick up that first drink. And the reason I repeat that is for anybody who's out there, those two very, very simple, you know, pieces of uh, suggestions, pieces of advice helped me so much and really those are great. stuck with yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But just because it was so simple, I, I, because that feeling, that horrible feeling that you have when you're hungover and you swear you're never going to do it again, there was definitely a time a few weeks later, even though I swore I would never drink again, that I thought about it. Thought, oh, nope. I already promised myself I'm not going to even pick up that first drink. So so just keeping that piece of ad- advice with me, that helped me. And each day that I'm sober, there are so many gifts that when I was drinking, I don't think I could ever even imagine what it would feel like. Mm-hmm. And um, all of the gifts I received have really been just so much more than I ever imagined. My life is much richer, deeper. Uh, much more wonderful than I ever, ever could imagine while drinking. And I'd say the first biggest gift for me being sober is being kind to myself and practicing Mm. self-care. I really suffer from a lot of, I didn't realize it, but I suffer from a lot of low self-esteem. And Mm -hmm. the more I drank, the worse I got. And so then it was like a vicious cycle because then I would drink more to kind of make myself feel less oh, yeah. anxious or uncomfortable yeah. in social situations. I, I really thought I was a social butterfly, but once I removed the alcohol, I realized I actually feel awkward sometimes in social situations, and now I've learned how to, to um, sit with those feelings and work through them. So being kind to myself and self-care and learning how to really, really like me. I, when I first started sober, I didn't even really know who Savelle was. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what I liked to do. In, early on, I was just very bored and agitated because I didn't know how to spend my time. So just being with myself and learning how each day that I care for myself by caring for myself physically, by being healthier, and caring for myself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, I get a little bit stronger. Yeah. So many, many say that the most important position in yoga is the shavasana. And what um, I've learned in, in which is just not you know, just lying there after, after you've done yoga. Um, and that's one thing that I've brought into my life. And I would say that's a huge gift in, in sobriety is the shavasana in my life. And that's just doing less without, um, without feeling bad or guilty about doing less. So one thing about 
I was a big doer. So I was always raising my hand that I would volunteer and super active with my kids. And a lot of my ego was wrapped up in being the super, super duper mother. It's been hard for me, but I've learned that I really have to slow down and do less. And because that's just my ego pushing me and it, it would stretch me out. So I felt like at the end of the day, I had to have a drink because yeah. I had a really busy life, but it was all self-imposed. So being kinder to myself means doing less. Do you ever wish for a little bit of recovery inspiration on the go? Tiny Bubbles is a new podcast that brings you the best bits of the Bubble Hour podcast in quick little episodes, just 15 minutes long, but packed with wisdom, insight, and encouragement to live your life wholeheartedly and alcohol-free. Look for Tiny Bubbles wherever you get podcasts and subscribe today. Tiny Bubbles. Little bits of recovery goodness brought to you by the Bubble Hour. Sometimes all you need is a little pep talk so you can get back to living that beautiful life you're building. Second gift in sobriety for me is just being present in my life. And just like you guys were saying, really being present with my kids and in my family, being clear and balanced and centered and being kind of wide awake and witnessing the beauty all around me in nature and with my loved ones. Sobriety feels like being fully and totally wide awake. And that means that I feel all my feelings and they can be painful, but it all can be really profound. Mm -hmm. And I have felt more deep joy and profound happiness in sobriety than I ever, ever felt while drinking. And a third gift of sobriety for me is living without that guilt and remorse, that mm. kind of impending sense of doom. By the end of my drinking, I was extremely, extremely anxious and um, paranoid. And now, just waking up every day without a hangover, no upset stomach, no ill effects from the toxins, you know, because really alcohol is a toxin and we were intoxicated. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And really, honestly, never thought that before, but that's so true. <laughs> By removing the alcohol, I have a much better chance at staying emotionally sober. You know, for me, that means emotionally sober would mean less anger, jealousy, envy, all those emotions mm-hmm. that kind of throw you off balance. And I find that as long as I stay sober, I can kind of stay in that on that middle path, in the middle. Yeah. 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 And because emotional hangovers are terrible. Like after you've, you know, gotten mad at somebody and you feel guilty. At least I did. Yeah. And I would say the fourth gift for me in sobriety are the tools that I have learned while being sober. And those tools help keep me sober. So, for example, if something happens in my day that throws me off or I'm just kind of in a blah mood, I now have, I feel like I have a toolbox. And you know, that might be go exercise or reach out to somebody else who's struggling or reach out to somebody and let them know about how I'm feeling. And that, for me, it, you know, just using those tools and staying on the middle path and kind of having a, a simpler but much more serene life feels to me like the, the shackles and the chains of alcohol are just gone and I'm free. Yeah. 
That's I'd such a great way of putting it. And Sabelle, one of, this is Ellie. One of the things that I related to the most of what you said about having, being able to experience that kind of joy and peace and, you know, happiness, but all the good feelings that one of the, I never realized as I was drinking how, you know, I was drinking to try to enhance those things, but that you're actually, you're numbing everything. I was trying to avoid the pain and the fear and the anger, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you're numbing everything. You don't get to pick mm-hmm. and choose which emotions mm-hmm. you can't and which ones you don't. And right. that freedom that you describe in the end is to, it's exactly it. It's kind of that, you know, even the bad stuff, at least it's yours and you're free mm-hmm. to grow as a person and experience it all sober. That's, that's the one I could totally relate to all of that. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Thank yeah, you you're for being thank on the show and for contributing. I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for asking me. <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. I think next our next caller is going to be Amy. Hi. Thanks, ladies, for having me. Hey, Amy. Um, I have to say, just listening in, that for me, a great gift has been this community of sober, getting sober has given me this community of sober women and sober people in my life that for the first time in my life, I feel like I have I found a home among these people. My whole life, I like what you said, Ellie, about shape, shape shifting, yeah. because my whole life I did that. I never really, even in my own family, felt like I fit in and getting sober and getting honest with myself has allowed me to sort of be embraced by this sober community. And I feel whole. For the first time in my life, getting sober made me feel whole. And gosh, everything that's been said, I just want to scream, ditto, ditto, ditto. Because I just relate so much to it. And I think what I didn't realize in my drinking is how much of myself I'd lost. I... I guess I should introduce myself, shouldn't I? I'm Amy. I am outside of Dallas, Texas. I'm a married mom of three daughters, and I'm just really excited to be a part of this. Thank you. We're excited to have you. Thank you. (laughs) So I hadn't realized how lost I had become in my drinking. I really thought that I sort of had everything under control, and I had to drink to, gosh, I, I felt like the world was only rotating because I was in charge of it and I was running the show and I had so many responsibilities. And so I, I used my drinking as sort of a, I don't know, I used that as an excuse to get drunk. And mm-hmm. when I got sober, I realized how lost I had become. I'd grown up doing theater and I loved theater. And, you know, I wouldn't go to the theater to watch a show. I wouldn't plan anything with anybody after 3 o'clock in the afternoon because I knew I needed to start drinking by 5. Mm-hmm. And that isolation, and, and you don't realize how I, I didn't realize how isolated I had become from living, even within my own family, until I got sober. And such a gift for me was forgiving myself for not having mm-hmm. been present in my family's life and showing them every day that I am committed to maintaining my sobriety and living just as emotionally whole as I can and as spiritually whole as I can has brought their forgiveness and it's gained the trust back of my family. If I'm out late shopping and I call and say, you know, I'm going to be a half an hour late, the panic isn't in anybody's voice anymore because I know I'm just going to be a half an hour late. 
And it doesn't mean I'm going to be strolling in at 3 a.m. knocking pictures off the wall because I can't see. Mm-hmm. And the gift of not having the 2 a.m. panic attacks when you wake up mm-hmm. in the middle of the night and you're sick because you don't know if anyone's going to be speaking to you in the morning or who did you text mm-hmm. or who did you call, that's gone. And it's just amazing when you live in that alcoholic blur, being hungover just becomes just part of your existence. It, you don't even really feel sick anymore. You just constantly live in a state <clears throat> of yuckiness. Uh, your head yeah. always hurts. Your stomach yeah. always a little messed mm-hmm. up. And you don't realize it. The last five years of my drinking career were like that. And then you get sober. And for me, after about 60 days, I really started sleeping well again. And I really started feeling great again. And I thought, gosh, how did I live like that for so long? Mm-hmm. I this is Ellie. I just quick little anecdote. I don't mean to interrupt, yeah. but I have a great, a funny expression that a friend of yeah. mine always says. She's like, if I felt, a sober friend of mine, she said, if I felt today the way I did when I was drinking, I would call an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Like, that really yeah, true. I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> oh, really sorry. Funny. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just had to show No, no. It's, it's true, but you do, you know. It's, that's really funny. But I think really just being present and, and forgiving myself for the actions that I did when I was drinking has been probably the biggest gift for me. Forgiving people who I felt slighted me. And I, I hung on to resentments, and I would sit on my back porch, power drinking, raging against the world by myself in the middle of the night. I mean, I was paranoid. I was completely paranoid by the end of my drinking, and I knew everybody was out to get me, and I'll show them, and I'll show them. I'll just drink myself into oblivion one more night. And yeah. getting sober and making peace with that and regaining relationships that I had isolated. These were people who loved me and cared about me, and I pushed them away. It's amazing. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. It's just, it's just this peaceful, wonderful existence that I never thought I could have. Yeah. I never did. It's going to the movies at 5 o'clock at night and not watching the clock. Mm-hmm. It's going for ice cream at 8 o'clock in your pajamas and not caring if people think you're a crazy person because you're <laughs> kind drunk. of are a crazy person. <laughs> right, and I'm not right. drunk, and my shirt's not on inside out, and I'm not eating peppermints by the boatload because, you know, you can smell the 12-pack of beer and the two bottles of wine I drank last night, you know, mm-hmm. for my appetizer and dinner, and um, I don't know. It's just what you ladies are doing is amazing, and I'm just so grateful, especially at Christmas, to be a yeah. part of this. Yeah, yeah well, thank you. you. Just said, I everything you just said, I totally relate to you and I really especially love how you said you forgive your biggest gift has been forgiving yourself because that's a huge gift to give yourself yeah it really is it really is thank you so much thank you Amy you're welcome you were wonderful thank you thanks hope you have a great holiday too (laughs) you too bye all right bye-bye bye-bye bye all right, our next guest is going to be Catherine. Can you hear me? Hi, Lisa. Hi, Ellie. Hi, how hey, are Catherine. you? Great, how are you? We're good. Thanks a million for having me. I, I absolutely love the bubble hour. I'm just, I'm so proud of you ladies for, for doing this, for helping all of us. I appreciate it. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah, by way of introduction, my name is Catherine. I live in New York City. I live with my guy here. I'm an avid reader, a sort of novice runner, but getting better. And just really enjoy all of the, the cultural things and activities that New York City has to offer, including eating great food. So all of that stuff kind of figures into my now sober life. Um, I was thinking about it, and actually for, for really the last few years, I had a very friendly, very persistent and compassionate kind of little voice that just sat on my shoulder and sort of would whisper in my ear that all of your dreams can come true if you just stop drinking. And, of course, I thought, well, you're crazy. I've got this under control, anything but that, right? I think I probably should comment that I really felt like the last two years before I got sober, I have eight and a half months sober now, it, it definitely was progressive. I'm in my late 30s, and the last two years, it just really felt like this major cliff where I just got drunk faster, and it just I was blacking out almost every time I drank. I had no major consequences from that of the obvious kind, but really, overall, my life took on this feeling. I just felt stuck. I felt stuck in past traumas, fear and anger and shame and anxiety from all of that, and it just I really felt like anxiety was just who I am. I thought, you know what? That's just in my DNA. I'm just a messed up person, and that's I was made broken. My dreams just felt really impossible. I, I had have something I'm still working on. It's just really feeling a fear of money. I felt stuck in this job. I work in a high-powered job, sort of blah, blah, blah. But I, I really I went into it because I just felt like I had to, and I feel stuck here. And I, the shame of it, I just really related to what Amy said about sort of that 3 a.m. attack of shame and anxiety. It, that was very, yeah. very isolating. And it definitely had a major impact on my relationships. Some things I think were still unraveling. Amy talked about strolling in at 3 a.m. I mean, that was me down to the ground, particularly in the last, uh, in the last year or so. You know, I never really drank at home. So I was always out and about. And so I was definitely the coming in late. And my partner and I certainly had issues in our relationship, but I was conveniently in my mind that there were a lot of things that were on him, right? And mm-hmm. I, I think it probably can be best summed up that this feeling stuck. I, I, I was deep in this state of victimhood and not in the sense that I was in any way sort of a whining. I, I'm a highly functioning alcoholic. I'm a senior executive at a, at a corporation and I feel very independent, very capable. And that meant I never asked for help, right? I, I just, I could do everything. And mm-hmm. just like Amy said, when, when she familiar. said this whole, yeah, I mean, this whole idea of like the world only rotates because of my efforts. I mean, I was just sort of cheering when she said that because I said, absolutely. But nonetheless, I mean, I just, I felt like nothing would ever change. I had no interest in the self-care that Sabelle talked about in such a lovely way. I really, I just felt stuck and that made me angry. And, and what has turned out is that my anxiety was really anger that I was turning inward. And the day that I finally surrendered, I had a major just spiritual surrender 
when my my relationship was kind of in crisis and I just that feeling stuckness just kind of built itself up. And that kind little voice on my shoulder, I really can distinctly rem- remember this, just said, it's time. Mm-hmm. And I felt this huge rushing relief. So every time the little voice had said, your dreams can come true, if you stop, I had this fear of stopping, fear of dealing with my feelings. How would I ever go out to a nice restaurant in New York City again and not have wine with dinner? all of my social life seemed to revolve around drinking. How would I ever socialize? How would I ever tell anybody that I'm not drinking? But really, fighting reality is what makes us suffer. And so I was fighting reality that I had a problem, and that was just so painful. So this surrender, it just turns out to be easier. Sibel talked about the shackles, and really my major gift here, the overarching thing, is really the freedom, great big space that I now have. And it's been nothing short of miraculous. I mean, stuff is happening. I I talked about this fear of money. Well, guess what? When you're not going out drinking $15 glasses of wine, remember I live in New York City. I mean, a six pack costs 20 bucks. My bank account has shown a remarkable recovery (laughs) (laughs) in this But my relationship has improved. Um, We are healing and growing and reconnecting and, in fact, just got engaged um, to be married. Yeah, that's something that never, ever would have happened. We probably, I don't know that we would have made it through the crisis at all. And so much of what was going on really was connected to my drinking and, and the fear that that created in both of us. And I'm also, I'm really in pursuit of my dreams. I, I do a lot of writing and I just never felt like that was possible, but it's almost like I feel like I am my dreams. I feel really aligned with my calling. And I think Amy was talking about connecting with herself. I, Sabelle, I think, did as well. I mean, so I just have to underscore that. The freedom really makes me feel committed to self-care. I, I I'm I'm healthy mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. It's I mean, it's miraculous. It turns out that anxiety is not a part of who I am. I have everything that I need to be myself and to heal. And so it's sort of like that old you know Saturday Night Live skit of like I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone yeah. if people like me, they're saying to me. That is, you know, I mean, and I kind of feel like you know I I like myself. This is this is a miracle. And I feel like things are happening and I'm moving in a direction and that's, it's, I'm still sort of speechless about it because it's so new. Um, So that freedom really is, is my gift. Take Good Care is a new collection of recovery readings inspired by the Bubble Hour. If you love the encouragement and support you find here on this podcast, then this new book is for you. Visit thebubblehour.com for more information or check the show notes for a link to purchase. You'll find Take Good Care on Amazon Worldwide. Take Good Care, recovery reading inspired by the Bubble Hour, the perfect gift for yourself and friends. others find the message of recovery we champion on the bubble hour plus get access to the entire backlist ad free by joining us on patreon patron support helps with the ongoing expense of making free versions of the show available 
as well as the cost to make new content like our spin-off podcast, Tiny Bubbles. Become a Bubble Hour patron today at patreon.com slash thebubblehour and help us help others through stories of strength and hope. I love the common theme here that everybody has pretty much touched upon or spoken about of self-care. And I think the reason I love that theme is it it translates more than just to people who struggle with addiction or recovery. I think sometimes in women in particular, I I don't want to generalize too much, but we're so hard on ourselves and we compare so much and we think we're not good enough. You know, it's just, it's this... I, I never realized that getting sober was also going to help cure me of my perfectionism problem that I didn't know I had, that <laughs> idea that <laughs> right that, that I was constantly comparing myself to other women, or I also had a high-powered job where I thought that I was never good enough, and, and it just, it's being able to have the gift of, it is what it is, and if I can keep, stay healthy and love myself enough to keep trying, then I, I don't even have to know what's coming down the pike, but I know it's going to be better than it was. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I love that right. all of you have talked about that. It's a very difficult thing to put into words, and all of you have done a great job of describing how that feels, that freedom from the bondage of self, really, is what it is. Absolutely. Catherine, I'd have to just say I love what you said about you feel like you're really actually being able to live your dream, and you are your dream, what you'd always hoped for, and you're listening to your little voice that's your calling, I think that's a major thing that you just shared because I think yeah. it's so important to remember that nothing can happen if we're in a state of not living in reality. Yeah, I feel like when we fight reality, that's when we suffer. And I, I read a great quote that I think about a lot in recovery that's attributed anyway to, to Joan of Arc, which is act. And God will act. And I'm somebody with a higher power, so I, I feel aligned with that spiritual piece of this. Um, and I, I think that's true. I've, I've really found that I acted, and now all of a sudden, all of these things are falling into place. It's, it's remarkable. There's another thing that I, I hear a lot of people in, in recovery talk about that I think is true is that I, I used to sit on a bar stool and talk about my dreams, and now I'm not living them. Sit in a drink and talk about all these wonderful... What, I, I did this. I would be all by myself dreaming about world domination and starting my own business and all the ways that I was going to change the world and do this and do that, and then I would wake up the next morning, and if, if I could read the things I had scribbled on the page, I'd be lucky. <laughs> And right. now, instead of dreaming about them in a glass, I'm out there doing them. And it, it, it's, it doesn't even feel like it's really me. It just feels like it's the fact that I'm present in my life that is giving us that gift. So, yeah, I can relate to that, too, very, very strongly. Well, thank well, Catherine, you. Thank Catherine, thank you so, Catherine, much. so much for being Lady, on the show. You're it's all an awesome. honor. You guys are awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Happy holiday. You're awesome. Thank you. I hope you have a great holiday also. Thanks so much, Catherine. Take care. Thanks, ladies. Bye. All right. I think we have our last guest here is Misty. Let me just see if she can hear me. Misty, are you there? Yes, I am. Oh, hi. Hi, Misty. Hi, ladies. Misty. I'm a 37-year-old mom. I live in Portland, Oregon. 
And I've been a real heavy drinker for about 15 years. I've been trying to quit for the last five. And I'm a blackout drunk. Mm-hmm. And I was actually fortunate enough to detox in a hospital. And I honestly think that if I couldn't have done it that way, I'm not sure that I would have been able to to make it. So I can identify um, that. This is Ellie. Missy. I was the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I tried so many times. And um, I, for five years, I tried. It took me 10 days in the hospital, but that's, that's what it took for me. Um, yeah. So anyway, in my cups... When I was really drunk, I lost all my friends. I was really lonely, and I was really mean and hurtful to everybody. I, I thought I was being really funny and <laughs> say horrible things. People would be laughing because they're like, wow, is she really being that mean? You know? And if they didn't laugh, I'd threaten to fight them. So eventually nobody wanted to hang out with me anymore. I was really <laughs> I would have that horrible anxiety, too, where you're sleeping and then you pull straight up in the middle of the night and you're oh. wondering, oh, geez, where's my oh, phone? Thor. And then you don't want to look at it. And you're like, oh, God, the calls that I made and the text messages. And oh, messages yeah. There. Oh, yeah. Jesus, did I really yeah. send that to my dad? Oh, I meant to send it to Dave. And my debit <laughs> card, my cash, house keys, my bus pass. And then you look and you're like, oh, oh no, God. I have $20 for the rest of the month. What am I going to do, you know? Spend all your money must have been buying everybody else drinks. Because I'm a blackout drunk. And then I get, you know, the only friends you have are the people that you're buying drinks for. Because they're the nicest for to you, you know. Right, right. For the moment. (laughs) (laughs) And then then you got to lie to get money for the rest of the month. I live with my mom. So because I spent all my money on on everything that I could drink. So I had to move in with my mom, and I have a young young kid, so she takes care of him while I'd be out at the bar, but i tell her I was over here and over there and visiting a friend right. and whatnot. Lying all the time. Lied to do yeah. everything that I could. Lied to get money. Hey, Mom, can I have 20 bucks to go to the movie? You know, that's 20 bucks to buy a couple of those. I, I like to call them... Um, I like to call them... Adult juice boxes. There's those little <laughs> extra long nine bottles of wine. Uh-huh. Come the little cardboard things. If they just mm-hmm. put a straw attached to them, like those, could they're perfect. Them, you know, they would be they perfect. Work. Well, they're easy to conceal. You know, you can smash them down real flat, and those are perfect for me because it's hard to get rid of bottles and cans and everything else. So those were absolutely perfect. I love drinking out of those. But, but I could buy a couple of those on the way to the bar, and then I could just have a drink at the bar, get the social part. It, everything just worked out for me that way. But, you know, I don't have to worry about that stuff That's anymore. right. You never Why have to do that work? anymore. No, I don't. So now the gifts that I have, now I never <laughs> – then I got to go to detox. Oh, that was so much fun. That was good, though, you know. I, um, little mini vacation. I got a little mini vacation. The people there were all really really cool people. Shots in my butt. And, um, you know, every time I had the shakes, they took care of me, and I got to put a lot of puzzles together, and got to meet some really nice people. <laughs> I got to, I gained 10 pounds, because I had three meals a day. I didn't eat at all when I was drinking, you know. I was oh, I didn't either. Right, food. that would get in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kills your buzz. Kills your buzz. And then, um, so, but since I've been in recovery, I've been, I've met so many people, and it's funny, the more people... I was, first, I was embarrassed to tell people that, you know, I was drinking or then I was an alcoholic, you know, but when mm-hmm. people start, 
know, would you like to have a drink with it? Or, hey, can I start you off with some drinks? No, mm-hmm. thanks. I'm an alcoholic. After a while, right. it just becomes easy to say, and then people say, oh, are you? Oh, so am I. Like, you are too? And then people just like to talk about it. And then you meet so many other people that are in recovery, and then everybody wants to talk about it. And then you meet so many people. It's so Your life gets so much going. bigger. It does. Yeah. It is. And then it's funny because you get all excited about it. It's like, oh, you are too? And they were just going to scream and squeal and hug everybody. And like, oh, I don't know why it's so exciting to be an alcoholic. But it is. But then I'm getting all my old friends. I was really mean and hurtful too. And, you know, it's kind of weird to say you're sorry, but they kind of know. You know, when when they see, like, I'm on Facebook a lot, and when I post things about, you know, like if I say, you know, like, hey, I've been clean for 76 days today, which is true, say 76 days, not like this. Congratulations. Official Yay. But thanks to me it is. That, I mean, that one is, is huge. It is. For me, it is, because I don't know how everybody else used to drink, but I know how I used to drink. And around 10 days, a week and a half was really, really hard for me. I could do a week, mm-hmm. but a week yeah. and a half. And I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. And then I could get to, like, 28 days if I really, really white-knuckled it. But I could never, ever get 30 days. Never 30 days. The first time I got 30 days, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, I, I remember it. Yeah, yeah, I know. And now you've got twice that. More. And look at you now. I know. I'm, I'm so proud of you. Oh, I'm going to do a dance. A happy dance. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even count days. I say I collect days because That's how I like that. like a prison sentence. I've got an app on my phone that counts the days for me, and people will ask me how many days I have. The only reason I know it's 76 is because I knew I was doing the show today. So I figured I would know how many days I had. So I looked on my phone to see, to check. You said recently that your whole lifestyle has changed Mm -hmm. and your whole way of living, Mm -hmm. the the way you see life. And Mm -hmm. what I heard you say just a moment ago was that you spent so much time, you could, you could get 30 days or 28 days really white knuckling it. How, How has it been different this time? Is it because you, you finally accepted it and surrendered, or did you feel yeah, like... I'm, I know now that if I drink again, I'm going to die. That's pretty much mm-hmm. what it comes down to. At first, I was, because I'm just such a brat, you know, so you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me right. I can't drink. I am the boss of me, and I control what I do and when right. I can and can't do so I didn't like anybody telling me, Misty, you have to stop. So Don't you think it's humbling, though, Misty, to to finally let yourself hear what you need to hear? I find it very well, humbling. Well, and then when you find out that you are just like so many, that you're not special. Because I, yeah. I used to think that I was the only one that, no, 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 no. I'm not like those guys, though. I'm right, like right, right. They just don't I, understand. I, totally I didn't think that I, I mean, I knew that I was addicted to alcohol. I knew that mm-hmm. I knew that I had to have it all the time. But I didn't think I was like, those guys, not those right. guys. Those guys are right. totally different than me, though. Right. <laughs> Even you didn't though expect I drank all money similar. away. <laughs> yeah. We all well, think we're so unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what would you say, Misty, has been the best part for you? I mean, can you even put it into words, your biggest 
gift. My bit, well, my biggest gift, which is crazy, and this was the hardest part for me, is, is honesty. Because I could never do that before. I always, would always, I would always tell people, okay, yes, I'm going to quit drinking. But really, in the back of my head, I'm going, no, I'm not. I'm going to be able to fool them, you know? Always. Right. I always in the back of my head. Right. You know, maybe for a month. And then I think, okay, well, I can quit for a couple of weeks. And then whenever people even writing on the board about, okay, well, I've been good for a month, so can mm-hmm. I have a little reprieve for a day? And I used to mm-hmm. do the same thing. You know, well, if I've been good for this long, can I take a break for a day? And that's how I used to do it, too. I always rewarded myself with alcohol, and I re- reward myself for being good from abstaining by having some. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's pretty common that day. so bad. But, but you have to give your brain that time to heal, though. And the only way to give your brain that time to heal is by completely abstaining. And if you don't give it that time, then it's just not going to happen. And because so you won't ever get the clarity to think. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can remember I went to a – this is Ellie. I'm sorry. I went to a 30-day rehab. That was my last. I went to a couple of detoxes that, that didn't take, but my 30-day rehab did. And the first visitor's day that they had on a Sunday, I was the only one that didn't have – not the only one. There were two of us that didn't have visitors because everybody was so mad at me. And they took us on this beautiful walk down to a beach and just let us kind of wander off and sit and think. And I'm looking out at the ocean, and I was about 19 days sober at this point. And I think it was that clarity point that I reached where I all of a sudden it, it was like came out of the sky, and I thought, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, I'm the problem. You know, it's such an obvious thing. Anybody in my life would have said, uh, Ellie, you know, it was so obvious. Was, so right. But until you have that moment where you realize yourself coming from up inside you it nobody can force you to do it that's a that's that freedom that shackle breaking thing that sabelle and others were talking about of surrender surrender exactly you're not ready you're not ready and for those five damn darn years that i tried to quit (laughs) i i wasn't ready because everyone else kept telling me but until i was ready 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 I couldn't do it. And that's why I know I'm never going to drink again. I know that. I just, I know that I can't. That's the reason why. I know that I'm not a normal person. I know you can't unpickle, or you can't turn a pickle back into a cucumber, you know? Once it, yeah. Once it's pickled, it's done. You know, you can't, yeah. you can't undo it. So now I'm an alcoholic, and I can never go back to being a normal drinker again. So Right. You can't undo it's that. deal. Yep. So it's just something I have to accept to know that I can can't go and have Misty, go do something else. <laughs> I have one more question for you. Amy mentioned earlier that now if she's out late and she calls someone in her family and says, you know, I'm going to be 30 minutes late with my Christmas shopping or whatever, do you find now that people are starting to, you're, you're seeing the benefits more of, of the whole honesty thing, your family starting to believe you when you say, I'm just running late, I'm not really out drinking not- not so much yet, because I still oh, okay. have <laughs> 72 days, but, like, yeah, my mom, the meeting was lasting longer than it was supposed to, and I didn't realize, I didn't know it was an hour and a half, and so I told her, hey, it's going to be a little bit late, and she started getting real crabby with me, which is what she used to do, because I was, I always lied, you know, there's always some, right. oh, I missed the bus, oh, I missed the bus. And it makes sense, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to a meeting when really I was at a bar, so... 
Right. You know, that, so, but then she's like, okay, never mind. You're with, I was with my boyfriend and I always come home. I always come home. And I'd have to, I constantly have to remind her, how long ago was that? How long ago was that, Mom? But you also, I'm sure you understand her her fear and her trepidation, right? I just wondered if, I bet it'll happen. It will, it'll, you'll start to see her relax. It does. Mm -hmm. It just takes time. It takes takes a lot of time to get into the woods. It takes some time to get out, too. Right. Think about what we've said. Yeah, I've been doing it to her for the last five years since I've been living with her. So it takes a while to undo. So I do, and I am tolerant and patient of that. But still, and nobody knows. Nobody can see inside my mind that I know that I'm never going to drink again. They don't know. Right. They've seen me fail for five years. Right. You know, but look at you it. now. We've heard your promises before. So, yeah. But look how far you've come. I'm so proud of Heck you. Yeah. You're doing great. Heck yep. yeah. And you're yeah. awesome for coming and doing this show with us. Grateful. <laughs> grateful that you were on our show. And, and, uh, and I love your sense of humor. And me too. Everything about you. You're great. All right. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> so we're coming towards the end of the show here. Lisa, did you have anything that you wanted to just comment on or add before just, we I'll just that? add that everything they said, every person made an excellent point. And really it, just, it just brings home the fact. How, I'm just so grateful. I can't imagine. I'm just, I don't know. I'm really kind of speechless, actually, by everything that I heard. It just yeah. brings an overwhelming sense of gratitude to me. Yeah, and it's and it gives a lot of strength. Like I can find myself slipping into resentful places over the holidays. I mean, this is the day before. Not everybody celebrates Christmas, obviously, but you know I do, and it's the day before Christmas Eve. And sometimes right. I'll be sitting and I'll be watching somebody. I went out to dinner with my husband last night. We had a date night, and I was watching somebody sip a glass of red wine, and I got that twinge of it. What it feels to me now is like jealousy. Like like mm-hmm. watching like, mm-hmm. you know someone dance with your old boyfriend or something twinge of jealousy, and now almost immediately I can say yeah but I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to feel great and I'm going to remember what I did and she's not an alcoholic and or or whatever and right I, but I think that's you know, normal Ellie I think I, I everybody I, I I still feel that some I think having I wish I could be normal this topic now for this mm-hmm. week coming up when mm-hmm. there's and then they've got New Year's Eve and all these parties and all these things that like have to look at the other people and think lucky them. I can think lucky me. Look at all the right. things I do now that I couldn't Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, was just, just in closing, as we always do, um, we want to tell everybody about a really fabulous resource. The Bubble Hour has its own website. You go to www.thebubblehour.com. And on that website is a tab called Recovery Resources, and it will give you links to online resources. A lot of the guests that we have on this show come from the Booze Free Brigade, which is a really wonderful um, group of sober people who have come together on Facebook. They have formed this unbelievable community. We just always want to encourage anybody who's struggling and listening to don't be afraid to reach out. And even if you have to be behind your computer screen and Google drinking problem or sober communities or go to the bubble hour and find those resources. We are here and we would welcome you with open arms and it absolutely, absolutely. does get better. Absolutely. absolutely. So thank you. Everyone All right, Ellie. Listening. Thank you, Lisa, as always. Thank you, friend. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. I own it. I did that. Not proud, but that was me. And when I face it, I take back a little dignity. 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.